Well, Scotty, it pains us to say it. We've got to talk about the Perth Wildcats, of course, coming off an overtime loss last night. And guess what they do now, Scott? Um, easy one. They go to New Zealand and take on the best team <laughs> oh. in the competition. Oh. One man who's across it is Kane Pittman uh, for basketball, ESPN, Australia and New Zealand, of course. He's also the host of the Milwaukee's podcast, Locked On Bucks. Uh, it's nothing to do with Nathan Buckley. And uh, he joins us right now. Hey, Kane, appreciate your time, mate. First things first, them Wildcats are struggling at the moment. Yeah, they really are. I mean, they look like a team that is a, a fair way off the pace. Uh, like you mentioned, and we saw this last night, they, this game overall, going to overtime, it looked like two teams that uh, weren't going to be a part of the, the postseason race. But at least if you're the Brisbane Bullets, you've got an excuse that there's been a fair bit of turnover over the last couple of weeks. They didn't have Aaron Baines, but for the first Wildcats, uh, this is the latest disappointing performance. So from an outsider looking in, give us your perspective of what the Wildcats aren't doing very well to have themselves in this position at the moment. Yeah, they're not defending and they don't have any offensive options outside of Bryce Cotton. So they have problems on both sides of the ball. But if we look specifically at the offensive end to start here, you get another 30 points from Bryce Cotton last night. It wasn't his most efficient night, but I find it difficult to look at Bryce when he has these nights where perhaps he's not shooting the way he would like to shoot it overall, 8 for 22 from the field, and put any blame on him. He's got no support at all in terms of guys that you can put the ball in their hands on the perimeter and expect them to score. Todd Blanchfield has not had a good season. Mitch Norton is not a threat. And and unfortunately, Luke Travis hasn't been able to shoot the ball the way that he would like to either. So uh, too much is just left to Bryce. And uh, in the end, they're struggling to keep pace with the best teams in the league. Well, I sit alongside Andrew Vlahov and we call the games on SEN. And Andrew Vlahov says, the opposition at the moment are saying to the Wildcats, hey, Todd Blanchfield, hey, Mitch Norton, hey, Luke Travis, if you want to shoot the lights out from the perimeter, go for it. What we'll try and make as life difficult as possible for Bryce Cotton. I know he got through with 30 points last night, but I agree with you. He did shoot 8 of 22. Do you subscribe to that theory that there's no plan B for the Wildcats in regards to a, a threat? I mean, I know that Manic was okay last night and Thomas was better, but Corey Webster can't hit the side of a barn at the moment. No, I mean, I, I think this is this is absolutely one of the, the big problems for this team. And you know, I, I mentioned Luke Travers hasn't shot the ball too well uh, from three, but I still believe he's the second best player in this Perth lineup. But the problem is that they're struggling to find ways to put him in different lineups because of the lack of shooting on the rest of the roster. And you mentioned Blanchfield and Norton. Blanchfield is a good shooter. He hasn't shot it well this year. But it's bizarre to me that Luke Travis hasn't been able to start in this lineup. And speaking to other teams around the league, I think the reason is because they are just searching for, for anyone that can shoff the ball, which is why they're starting Jesse Wagstaff. But then last night, he doesn't score. Um, so just overall, I, I think there is multiple lineup problems. And, and I don't really know if there is an answer with what John really's got to work with. Kane, I said to Goss at the season launch, of what? geez, we're not big. We're not big. And with that lack of a <laughs> true centre, um, is that the reason that we are so preoccupied with the three ball at the moment? Yeah, well, they, I think they've only won a rebounding count a couple of times in this game, uh, in this season, I, I should say. And, and I think that and another problem on the defensive side is that you do have Tayshawn Thomas and Brady Manick uh, taking up two of the import spots. And I always found it a little interesting when you use two of the three import spots on guys that play the same position. 
And if you look at the defensive numbers across the course of the season, they haven't been great when Manic and Thomas have been on the floor together. And, and I think, you know, if, if, you, if you look at, uh, as you mentioned, the, the size on this roster and the problems they've had then on the other side of the ball defensively, I think it starts with wanting to play these imports big minutes, trying to fit in Luke Travis to play the four and Jesse Wagstaff, and there's just no balance from a lineup perspective. So, uh, yeah, they don't have strong rebounders, and when, if you're not making shots, if you can't have an impact on the offensive glass, you're going to really struggle. Interesting to see Corey Webster, as Goss said, can't hit the side of the barn at the moment, can't he's, uh uh, not shooting it like the way we want him to shoot it, that's for sure. But uh, he played, oh, I'm pretty sure it was every minute of, of overtime. We've got Mitch Norton. When you've got a tight situation like an, an OT, Mitch Norton, who's a scrapper, who's a fighter, who's defensive uh, beast, sitting on the pine for pretty much all of it was a strange move for mine. Yeah, I would agree. And uh, unfortunately for... Corey Webster, if he's going to play, you need him to take shots and you need him to score and he just hasn't been able to do it. And when I talk about the roster balance, I would say that looking at this team at the start of the season, they would have envisaged that Corey Webster would be that support that they need in the backcourt and he would be a guy that can get you 10 to 15 points a night. Uh, he just hasn't done it, which has changed the, the entire outlook for this team. But yeah, he put up a couple of shots early in the shot clock last night in overtime when the Wildcats really, really badly needed a bucket. I thought they were bad decisions, um, and that just all all uh, spiralled from there. I mean, their, their offense in overtime was nothing. All righty, so they've been beaten. They go to New Zealand, and we know that New Zealand are one of the teams to beat. In summary, in regards to the NBL as it stands, and we're chatting with Kane Pittman, of course, all part of ESPN Australia New Zealand. Kane, just in regards to the teams to beat right now, is it really Sydney... Uh, New Zealand, and are you a believer that, that Adelaide are still a sleeper, even though they haven't made a decision in regards to an import spot? And I cho- I spoke to CJ Bruton after they won over in Perth without Craig Randall the second, and he said, oh, yeah, we'll have her an import by the time we play Cairns. Yeah, we're across it. Now I'm hearing reports that they don't have an import spot. Yeah, they don't yet. Uh, I, I certainly believe that they are going to have an import at some point in time. I, I think if you have this valuable resource in terms of adding another player to your roster, just simply sitting back and not adding an import, I don't agree with with people that are suggesting that might be the case. But they just have to be careful with the type of player they bring in. Clearly, this is a better locker room environment right now. And this team is enjoying Mm. playing with each other. They're playing defense all of a sudden. And everyone's getting a touch. We see this across multiple sports. If you've got one player that is controlling everything on the offensive end. Other guys are like, why am I going to defend? I'm not getting any shots in this offense. Give me a touch, give me a shot, and I'll play some defense. So I think they'll add an import, uh, but it, it might take a little bit of time. It's difficult, as all the seasons across the world are right in the middle uh, of their campaign. Sometimes it takes a little bit of time to add another player. But I, I like Adam with the, the Breakers and Kings at the top for sure. No doubt about that. Let's turn our attention to the NBA and we know you're up and about because the Milwaukee Bucks are up and about. They had a good win uh, <laughs> yesterday. I want to talk about a couple of things, a couple of issues. Um, uh, the injury to Ben Simmons, he's worked very hard to get back and get some touch and he's now done a calf. He'll miss a couple more games. Dyson Daniels has just had a stellar breakout year to start with and so too Josh Green. There's a lot to like about the Aussies, albeit the Ben Simmons is just on ice for a couple of days. Yeah, it's a real shame for Ben. But again, I, I don't think that it should be totally unexpected. Uh, you know, I've been saying from the start of the season, just you've got to have a bit of patience with Ben. He hasn't played for well over a year. 
uh, this has been a bit of a disjointed situation, to say the least, in Brooklyn. But I think the, the most important part is, as far as his back goes, he looked more physically comfortable with playing uh, through contact and through physicality in the last two weeks. And that's why he was starting to play uh, the way that we expect him to play offensively. He was becoming more of a factor. So, yeah, a little setback, but I think overall uh, his confidence seems to be back. And that was always going to be a big question coming back to the game. What about Josh Giddy, Kane? How's he tracking at OKC? Uh, obviously, last year was just an unbelievable rookie year, and this year he's uh, well, he's continued along that path. Yeah, scoring's been up a little bit. Uh, the Thunder are still a team that I think most people expect are going to be yeah, comfortably outside the playoff race. So this is where it gets interesting because he's playing alongside uh, Shane Gildas-Alexander in the backcourt. He's one of the, the top scorers in the league this season. And I think with Giddy and Gildas Alexander, they're still figuring out how to play uh, alongside each other. It means that Josh Giddy sometimes has to play off the ball. The ball isn't always in his hands, which hasn't been a familiar role for him coming through. So I think it's still a learning process. It's probably frustrating to him because I know, you know, speaking to him in the offseason, he was like, no, I think we can make the postseason this year. I'm competitive. I'm sick of losing. Uh, they're just so young, and it's going to be a long process for the Thunder. But individually, uh, he's still having some great moments. And uh, just so you've got you've got thirty seconds to tell me why you're enjoying the Bucks season. <laughs> well, they're winning. I think they're happy because they're winning, and uh, and it's been a pretty good uh, few years uh, for the Bucks. I think that's when we first started talking golf when I was over there. Um, but no, no, they're they're a good team. They're right in the mix. No doubt they are, mate. Always good to chat basketball with you. A bit to do for the Wildcats. We're hoping, of course. They can turn it around. It's not too late. It's a pretty condensed uh, table at the moment, but they're, they're running out of chances, and they do have a tough, tough schedule with, I think, six of the next seven games on the road. Appreciate your time, mate. Always good to chat. Anytime, fellas. Thank you. Kane Pittman joining us, talking basketball. The Wildcats last night beaten in overtime by the, by the Brisbane Bullets, but retain the faith, Red Army. They play on the weekend there in New Zealand to take on the very, very powerful New Zealand Breakers. Scotty and Goss on a Friday morning. Good morning.